Happy Monday, and welcome back to another wonderful week of the Airport Minute, where we follow a minute-by-minute account of the greatest disaster movie ever made. I am one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm host number two, Mark Cerulli of CovertOps.tv. And we have a very special guest today to kick off this week. He, uh, he put the P in P-E. Everybody, Victor Fagella. How are you guys all doing today? Good. Thanks for having. Uh, thanks for being thanks on the for show. Thanks for having us, Vic. Thank, thanks for having us. I hope the labor <laughs> uh... <laughs> was uh, painful. It was a breach birth. Victor is a uh, Victor is a professional engineer, and he is almost certified to be a drone pilot. So he will be uh, uh, shortly uh, surveying most of Connecticut from above. And you know, I was called a drone back in high school, but it had a different meaning. <laughs> uh, such as technology. <laughs> But uh, we are we are still back in uh, snowy uh, Chicago in Lincoln International Airport, where Mel has just taken responsibility for an eight million dollar seven oh seven. He's told uh, the captain of Flight Forty Five that he's he's going to be responsible for whatever Joe does to wreck the plane. Right. But Petroni Petroni's calming them down. They're all clearing out of the cockpit. And I love like how the pilots like, just nod and they get up and leave. Like, oh, okay, yeah. we're done. <laughs> Yes, off to the steak and shake. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> so they're, uh, yeah, they're they're going to be uh, busy with other things to do, and, and that's actually their, uh, <laughs> that's their season wrap for the movie. So uh, Captain Benson and uh, the guy that used to be, uh, he was one of uh, Catwoman's henchmen in a Batman episode, the co-pilot. He uh, he leaves. Poor old Mel. He's like, where am I going to get eight million dollars now that I'm getting divorced? But Petroni says, don't worry about it. Father-in-law, maybe. That's true. He can get the job at the uh, whatever the at triple pay, so he can just you know live on what he's making and turn the other two thirds over to uh, Boeing. <laughs> but anyway, Petroni tells him to go get those cigars, and uh, he'll get that he'll get that seven oh seven out of snow for him. Golly gee! And if you look at the cockpit, I mean, uh, George Kennedy's huge. It, he oh, was he, like what six three maybe six four? I think six, I think he was a wow. six, six four guy. Wow! Oh, we love you, George. He just walks out, and then they gotta they gotta clear that set so we can become a uh, flight two. Six six three, in case we're counting. Wow. Okay. Wow. So we're uh, we finish up with the uh, with the cockpit scene, and we go back out to the looks like the arrivals deck. We're on the upper deck now of Lincoln International. The previous scene that we had seen was downstairs where all the protesters were, but finally the TGA bus arrived. Mm. And uh, and that is an ancient <laughs> bus. I love that bus. Oh, it's beautiful. And if you notice earlier, if people are willing to spin back to like minute ten or so, we can we can see it being used as a prop in a previous episode. <laughs> um, so it's just being repurposed. But I love that beautiful Corvair there, that Monza right up front. I can't can't imagine how impossible it would be for a wheel rear wheel drive mm. rear engine, <laughs> right. yeah, unsafe yeah. at any speed. Yeah. Yes, Ralph Nader special there, but he's, oh he's pushing it through the snow, and uh, they are unloading. There's another one of those TGA logos. I I tell you, somewhere in Universal City, that snow jacket is bouncing around a half, you know, thrift shop. Or uh, I just want that. I want that big logo on my back. Well, we can put a target on your back. In that hat, yeah, that hat with the uh, the guy using the giant walkie-talkie. The police officer comes over to tell the guy in the Monza to move out of the way. So I wonder how many takes that was. And they they just kind of gave up on it. So uh, then they do the the rapid cut back to gate thirty-three, where right. we're in inside the set. We've got the three ticket agents, and there's uh, Judy Barton, who is that's Lloyd Nolan's niece. With I think she, you know, I don't, I don't understand why she has flowers on. Is she part of a, a wedding party there? Uh-huh. Or maybe it's not Judy Bar. I mean, it looks like her. 
And then, but and then just... I love the the guy in the business suit, and then he puts out a cigarette, <laughs> uh, and nobody uh, complains. It's great. No, no, it's all, blow it's that all, stuff in my face. What do I there. care? But that girl looks like she's doing a dippity doo commercial. She does that full wave of hair, and then she goes off with that uh, Nordic uh, gentleman. But yeah, it's just quite a a little slice of life there from 1970. Victor, I'm sorry we've been talking all over you, but no, uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts here on the... Uh... I, I, you know, when I watched this scene, um, I, I tried to look into some of the, the hidden meanings in the background. And one thing that caught my eye was the name of the flight, which is the uh, the Golden Argosy. Oh, yeah. And I, I just, you know, had to do a little Google search, and that is actually the name of a... Um, quote the most celebrated short stories in the english language did you know that did not know and that. did you know that that intriguing. book is stephen king's favorite book wow so no, but it, it seems appropriate how it's you know you have all these little short stories all these characters all these little you know People. scenes about and i'm just wondering if they picked the name of that flight on purpose you know to kind of have this like yeah. little hidden meaning in the back. Well, Arthur, Arthur Haley was uh, quite a prolific writer, so he probably meant for something like that. But it's a good insight. I, uh, yeah, I didn't know that. I was not aware. Well, Very good. I, I did so. see Jason and the Argonauts several times, if that, if that counts. <laughs> yes, the original, the, not the remake. That's what this movie is missing. More, it, this movie needed a lot more stop-motion stop stop animation. <laughs> we needed a if, like, with an eye on the center of his forehead out on the runway. Yeah, just picking the yeah, plane. Oh. Or, or they open up the jetway and there's a bunch of skeletons holding swords. That would, yeah, <laughs> I tell you that's the way to sell this movie. Oh. But, uh, so many Edith. Head. I wonder how many of those uh, outfits were Edith Head. I mean, she is, you know, she is uh, costuming everybody here. But mm-hmm. uh, a lot of it's just, you know, I, I guess it's off the rack, you know, Sears and Roebuck stuff. Could have been Montgomery Ward even back then. You never know. Yeah, who knows? We're, yeah, or uh, Midwest. Uh, yeah. It's uh well it's too far west for Cosmos. Marshall Field. Yeah. Uh, although it's this is all shot in L.A. So it's probably something like uh, I Magnum or something. Wow. And yeah, I'm still that uh, that Gate 33 set floors me. When you think about the size of it, they've got. I mean, I'm sure there's a little bit of a forced perspective there, but they've got those two jetways. They're all walking toward the uh, that first class jetway. Mm. Um, but they built they built the set. Then they had a. They had to build a jetway plus a 707 that would sidle up to it. And they still have to have a snow generator coming in from the roof somewhere and light it all. Look at how bright that whole set is. It's incredible. And it's so clean. Yeah. It, it almost looks like it's an it's office building. Yeah. yeah. It's just... There isn't an iPhone plug-in spot to be found. Right. <laughs> Nobody's looking for an outlet. They're just sitting there reading their Reader's Digest. So we finally get to the uh, keynote scene for this uh, this part where we see Mr. Coakley sitting next to Ada Quonset calculating stuff. And she's pondering and keeps trying to think of things to do with um, Mr. Coakley. Mm-hmm. She's still got that, that weasel on her head. Yeah, yeah, and she's just thinking about how to uh, how to sneak off to Concourse D. I mean, she's formatting a plan. You can watch her sit there and go, hmm. And, and so Coakley, she talks I about, wonder what book that is. I think it's a Reader's Digest, or maybe uh, yeah, it's pretty big. If we ever get John Finn later, he can answer that. Oh yeah, those are his lines. I bet. That's <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Those are his sides. Exactly. Ask, ask him about that, you know. I'm doing. Oh wow. Hayes, I gotta be good. 
And I keep watching the people in the background, but I can't tell if they're orbiting or not. I haven't seen, I watch for that woman with the red beret, but she seems to have gone on to something else. But I guess they all reset. There is a guy with a brown jacket, a light brown jacket with a uh, briefcase that I thought passed by twice, but it might be two guys with the same same jacket. All these people, this is the Minnesota location shot. So all these people are probably Minneapolis locals. And and it's probably two in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, because they can't shoot this during uh, operating hours of the of the airport, so they're all there. I'm going to be in a movie. I'm going to be in a movie. There's probably somebody that said, "Do not look at the camera. Just yeah, walk by, or they they <laughs> background. Keep walking. That's what they call it, background. Yeah, I'm a human being. <laughs> well, one more one more movie, and they get their SAG card. So, yeah, but uh, quite a yeah, quite a little deal. Well, she's uh she's fermenting her plan. And she starts listing off all the all the things she was going to do when she went to Rome, when her husband unfortunately died while they were packing. I, I, I don't believe that for a minute. Not for a minute. No, I don't even... You know. She killed them off years ago. Well, I think they were both grifters. I think this is a lifelong thing. And she just tells people that he was a... Uh, was a violent violin player. And, uh, or, and he was also has a... That classic California... You know, oh yeah, surfer I mean, guy. he is a yeah. surfer dude from way back. I would bet. Yeah, golden-haired, you know, blonde god. Yeah, and look at that um, hair. Speaking of hair, yeah, yeah, it's like uh, Archie had hair like that. But and he's, you know, the whole time he's doing this, he's thinking, I'm working with Helen Hayes. Yeah. I'm sitting across from Helen Hayes doing this yeah. thing. Yeah, and that's uh, and that's, that's pretty it. much how yeah. the whole thing goes. He's. Uh, Do you notice how many people yeah. wore fur back then? Oh, everybody. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There, there was no such thing as PETA back then. And it was wore fur back in the in the early seventies, I think. <laughs> Me? <laughs> I had rabbit line gloves. Uh, yeah. Just what but was yeah, on my head, Mark? That was it. Wow. And no hippies. I didn't see any. Uh, I didn't see any long hair in this entire movie, except Finlaters. Yeah, he's he's kind of shaggy for nineteen seventy. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And that, I like yeah, the cute... that's that's pretty much the scene. I mean. Yeah, the, but just the, I like, again, just beautifully shot and 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 you know elegantly lit and uh, you know and, this is just a, such a well made film. Yeah, and there's some some couple, some guy and some woman that they got to shoot the scene behind the head of Helen Hayes and John Finlater. Right, put so, your heads together. But, I guarantee you, the director, yeah, you two, put your heads together and stay like that. In fact, AD, I want you to glue their heads together so they can. We'll wait. Yeah. That's it. Get the glue. Yeah, and every time this movie was on, you know, the ABC Sunday Night Movie or whatever, the woman would say, "Here it comes, here comes my scene. There, there's my head. There's my head right there." Right. You know, I'm clicking through, and they do not move at all. I wonder if they're even real. No, no, they're real. The editor just had to, uh, you know, they were <laughs> they they were under they were under death threats from the uh, uh, script continuity person. Do we have Velcro in seventy? Maybe they Velcro. Yeah, yeah, they, they could. <laughs> That could be it. Just uh, give them, a, or they, what it is, Edith Head sewed them a single, you know, uh, forearm coat, mm-hmm. and they had to wear it, and just were stuck together. Yeah, a little dippity do, and just stick them together there. It's just amazing how much brown there is in this scene. There's so much. Everybody, like Edith Head said, we're going to have different different earth tones, and it's all going to be different shades of tan and brown. One thing about the '70s that I remember, I thought the clothing was so ugly. I mean, oh, nonstop. You yeah. had Bell bottoms that flared way out. You had leisure suits. 
a lot of brown. Well, we, yeah. I had my yeah. herringbone pants, which I'm wearing right now. <laughs> platform, the, platform shoes, can't forget those. Yeah. No, and yeah. The, the belts that had more than one uh, hasp in them, you know, the little uh, buckle that you'd have like two or three. Right. Yep. And and the holes would be grommets. They have like little uh, brass grommets in them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some some things are best left dead, you know. Double-breasted jacket too. Oh yeah. Right. Right. Man, but if I had if I had a jacket like uh like uh Findlaters, I'd wear it all the time. <laughs> that and a tie. Yeah. And you'd comb your hair like that. You right. just, you know. If I, if I could, I would really I'd try. <laughs> I'd oh, wear the bottom hat. That's what I yeah. do. Just wear a hat. I, I could do that. You'd, I could grow my hair out like that. You'd get one of, or you get a pom-pom with a with a weasel on the top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord. Wow. But it's a uh, yeah, not a bad, not a bad episode. This particular minute had a, a bunch of different characters and different scenes. I mean, we really, we we went from a uh, a set to a location right, shot right. exterior, uh, another set interior set, and then we went to another ex. You know, well, it's, it's a on location interior, which must have been incredibly hard to light. I mean, look at all those. You know, they had the they had the fluorescent lights, which weren't going to do it, and then they had to hang those gigantic, you know, carbon arc lamps in the middle of the. Uh, terminal just to get the picture of the two of them well lit. And can you imagine? So they probably could only shoot for a couple of hours because then they had to remove everything. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure day. they had like they probably had like a you know like a a tarp or something they threw over everything and then just walled it off. Yeah, that's but true. yeah, they must have been there for a couple of weeks. Uh, we'll have to find out from somebody who's who was you know, there, actually, who was there, well, whose grandfather was there. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, but if you you're talking about the lighting, Jim, if you look at those lights, they can't yeah. they can't be fluorescent, so they have to have filters over them because they're very blue. Well, and they're be shot because they would have shown up green. Were they not um, in most cinematic film when they've shown up greenish? Well, this is a, this is Technicolor, and they had good color correction back then. So they might have they might have done some magic in the uh, of the optics in the room. Yeah, who knows? I yeah. don't know. Just... And I, I they have to shoot it pretty slow because they don't want the flicker. Mm. These are you know this might be twenty four frames, and they're just they're just stretching it out a bit. I don't, I'm not sure. Well, you know we're going to have uh, the head of the American Society of Cinematographers, or hope to. Yeah. Uh, have him on the show. We'll have to ask. That's a good question to ask. Depending but, uh, uh, on my powers of persuasion. We'll try. Yeah, but, but good question. <laughs> I am looking at the boots. If you go to uh, the fortieth second of this particular minute, I'm gonna, the woman I'm go behind right the woman behind John Finlater is wearing boots that go up to her knees, and they are just—I mean—that looks like oh, you could yeah. start an edema. They're she's so a, tight. She's a bad girl. That's why she's wearing those boots. <laughs> she's darn dirty. It looks like the jacket is tan and white. Yeah, it has like giant white pockets. That's very Edith yeah. Eddy, I would think. Well, if you look on the far Ooh, look left, at that too. One. <laughs> look at the woman with the beehive in the purple that that uh, comes out from uh, the left-hand side of the shot. Great. Uh, you'll have to give me a sec. Uh, what, what second is that? I'm uh, just looking 51. around. 51. Oh, my. Yeah. Uh, there we go. And the, the guy's uh, and, saying, you, put your hand on her back, but not too far down south. Okay. And she's ca- yeah, she's carrying her coat. It's January in theoretically Chicago, and she's wearing a miniskirt. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, even look okay. at the one on the far left of the uh, screen with the, the oh yeah, yeah, the, the light blue, light blue, and she's got the high boots, and 
So it's just amazing. And all, it's amazing how many women are wearing like those Carnaby Street hats or berets. You know, they're not wearing a. It's not there for protection. It's just for style. They it's not a real. out everything for this. Yeah, oh. there. I mean, there's people in pillboxes. They just everywhere. You guys maybe forget, but when you people traveled in the '60s, especially when they flew, they dressed up. Oh. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I remember was, flying was... to Europe in the '60s, and you know, you you dressed like you were going to church. Yeah, you know, yeah. and you know, we forget all that. I mean, you know, we get people getting yeah, on planes now. I can remember was. Uh... <laughs> Going to New Bedford, Massachusetts on a – the plane was a propeller plane from New York. Yeah. Hum, yeah. Hum, hum. My, my first flight was uh, actually a helicopter. I flew from uh, – we were living in New Jersey, and I flew from Newark Airport to the top of the Pan Am building and then on to uh, LaGuardia and Kennedy. We were, we were going out of, uh, out of Kennedy Airport, but New York Airways had a uh, – a commuter flight that you could just jump on a helicopter and fly between those four places and uh landing in midtown i i was i was like six or seven um but we were you know, really com- young america co- just- coming down coming down in midtown manhattan on the roof of an office building that was just one of the most amazing things it was uh the day after christmas too so when we landed the snow was blowing off the roof as we were landing it was just an amazing scene for a little kid yeah oh yeah your drone can do that <laughs> did, did they have a, a like a special elevator to get you down or, or how did that or did you take the stairs? No, no, no. We didn't. We stayed on the we stayed on the helicopter and then took off and went on to LaGuardia. Oh. We, were, we were trying to make a flight at Kennedy. My dad wanted to try out the New York Airways thing, so he was like, "Let's let's go on that." So we did, and thank God for Dad doing the <laughs> wanting to fly on a helicopter. So uh, yeah, we went on an old Sikorsky twin rotor. And, uh, and but I, having been in the copter club in the seventies, though, I remember there used to be that that stairway that would go right up to the heliport on the roof. And a uh, pretty scary place. I mean, unfortunately, due to that uh, that death that happened in '77, uh, they shut it all down. But it was it was quite a thing to do to land to land in the middle of Midtown Manhattan, up you know, way up in the air. No thanks. Uh, well. <laughs> Sorry. No thanks. No. That was a lot. Of, it was fun. I mean, those are, those days are gone, and I'm, I'm glad I'm glad they're gone. But uh, it was it was fun at the time. You know, we we kind of forget things like smoking section stuff on, on oh, planes. It's not, it's not that long ago, really, Jim. What, when yeah. did they get rid of it? Maybe in the seventies, eighties, in yeah, the eighties, early eighties. Yeah, I mean, I remember or late eighties, probably. Let me. Uh... No, actually, yeah, there was there was yeah. a smoking section on. Uh, I remember there was a Delta flight that crashed, and the only people that lived and there was a Delta flight in uh, is an L ten eleven in Dallas Fort Worth that crashed, and the only people that lived were the ones that were in the smoking. Yeah, because they were in the back, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I remember you would walk down and there'd be just a haze of smoke. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, I just looked it up. By the end of 1990s, planes were smoke-free. Okay, end yeah. of the 90s? Wow. Yeah, I mean, we're we're recording this in 2016, but there are still, you know, you get on a plane and there are still ashtrays in some of the it's seats. Really old seats. planes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're like welded shut or something, but uh, you know, it's it's amazing that we still live in a time when that was within the realm of our memory. Uh, people are crazy. Indeed. But, uh, but this is uh, you know, this seems to have been a pretty good minute. Yep. Well, thanks for joining us, Vic. It's been uh, it's been an illuminating show. I I uh, really enjoyed it. You know, a little well, slow for me getting in there, but uh No, I, I and thanks for the tip in on the uh the Golden Argosy. That's an uh interesting tidbit. So uh, now I'm going to have to go find it and read it. 
Thanks, thanks. Ray. And you know what? I'll watch so. Jason and the Argonauts again. <laughs> okay. There you okay. Go. Ray Harry has a There you happen. go. Wow. Well, listen, if you if our listeners would like to uh, join in on the conversation, we've got a lot of places on social media to uh, to add your your tidbits. Um, we've got on Twitter, we've got Airport Minute. On Facebook, you can find us at Airport Minute. Join us at the Commanders Club there. We've also got uh, iTunes. You can download this Monday through Friday or have it automatically downloaded to your uh, mobile device uh, Monday through Friday. Or actually, it'll, it'll download it every day if you can catch up. Uh, please join us on iTunes. Just find us uh, under Airport Minute and leave a good review. If you can leave as many stars as you can and tell us how wonderful you are because the more good reviews we get, the more people find out about this and the more tidbits we get. So also you can join us at our big, big page at airportminute.com where you can uh, read about this and leave comments on every single episode. Uh, you can, if you haven't seen the movie yet, which is just kind of absurd because Can't you've been listening to 50, No, you're 56 it. minutes. Yeah, you're, you're in this for 56 minutes. You should, be listen, you should be at least have seen the movie. But if you haven't, you can get it digitally through amazon.com. We've got nice little advertisements along the right-hand side of the screen at our episodes page. And you could be watching that thing in the next five minutes if you just go in and order. So, you know, do, do us a solid and get in there and watch the movie. But watch it while you're sitting down. Otherwise, you'll, you might pass out from the excitement. That's true, yes. Safety first. <laughs> the, yeah, the snow, snow shoveling scenes. <laughs> right, and, right. Get, get one of those four-point restraints and just, you know. Hang on tight. <laughs> Hard left rudder. But, yeah, we will, uh, we will look forward to your comments. Uh, and, uh, Vic, thanks again so much for being on the show. It was yeah, my thanks, pleasure. Buddy. Well, great. And uh, uh, tell all your friends because we need, we need the audience. <laughs> <laughs> Again, uh, thank, thank you all for being here, and uh, we will talk again tomorrow with uh, more exciting adventures with Ada Quonset as she tries to fake out Mr. Coakley. So join us here Tuesday. Uh, in the meantime, good day. Bye. Adios. Nice going, sweetheart. Remind me to send a thank you note to Mr. Bowling.